from WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, WUB reporter Sully Beach talks to the Marching 110's biggest fan. And more electric vehicles come to the city of Athens. WUB's Juliana Colant talks to city officials about the switch. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. There's a chance you'll see a very small Marching 110 member at Peden Stadium. Like, very small. His uniform looks just like the real thing, and he's playing his trumpet just off to the side. Sully Beach has more on the 110's youngest unofficial member. If you take a moment to shift your attention from the action on the field during an Ohio home football game to the section with the Marching 110, you might notice this guy. Eight-year-old Sullivan Van Wy excitedly blowing on his trombone. Time out. I think they're super fun and I really like them a lot, so I really want to be like them. While Sully's been doing this for the past four years, he's following in his dad's footsteps. My dad, he played, he played with me like the same. How, what I'm doing right now, he did when he was a kid as well which isn't lost on his grandmother, Patty. Uh, I think just the same passion of wanting to be with them and doing whatever they're doing and, you know, practicing at home a little bit, watching videos of the band. As for his future college hopes, he's still undecided. Playing in the band with them here or playing college football. But either way, what you can count on is coming next season, you'll find Sully next to the Marching 110 wearing his uniform, dancing, and playing his trombone. I'm joined by WUB's lead forecaster, Aaron Ashley. So we woke up to a lot of rain this morning, Aaron, right? Yeah, Taylor. Thankfully, it left as quick as it came. But I'm sure as you could see when you looked out the window this morning, and I know I heard it, it woke me up. Um, it brought extreme rain to our area, which, you know, here Athens, Southeast Ohio, generally very, very prone to flooding, especially around the Hawking River. Yeah, it woke me up right away, too. And so loud. Man, made my commute a pain, too. In just <laughs> days before December, right? Yeah, it, it might seem like a weird time to get some thunderstorms considering, you know, how cold it's been. Um, but they actually don't entirely depend on the time of year. I mean, if the recipe's there, it can happen any time of year. Um, it really just depends on moist air, war um, warm air, um, and a couple other things that are a little complex. But, you know, yeah. too many things t that get involved with cyclogenesis. Yeah, um, even more remarkably, right, the southern states were under, like, the severe thunderstorm watches, warning, tornado watches, and more warnings. How how come the southern states got such dangerous weather, This, but we only saw tons of rain? Well, you you got to think in terms of what kind of air is present in around the Gulf of Mexico. You have the moist, you have the warm air, um, which, I, like I said, is perfect to fuel a storm. We just don't have that up here at the time because, you know, we're more north, uh, closer to the poles. Um, this is because, again, the intense temperature gradient from the incoming cold air with that st that stems from the low pressure system, as well as the warm air in the southeastern United States. Interesting. So, like, in terms of these systems, what kind of stages do they come from, and what really gets them to decay? 
It's through a complex process called cyclogenesis, which basically follows a low-pressure system from its early stages to its decay stages. Uh, what we saw move into the area was a system in its open stage, which is the third stage. This means that cold air was flooding to the southeastern part of the United States, and right here and other surrounding regions, warm air strikes. We saw, again, that warm, or, that warm air on Tuesday, actually, with that high temperature reaching in the upper 50s to lower 60s. Um, so we, we had the chance to bring to hang up the jacket for a little bit of time, but not too much longer did we see that rain, and it really cooled us down. I was thankful for the little break we did get. <laughs> Such a weird transition from, like, sunglasses and light jackets to heavy winds and heavy jackets. So why was there such a big drop? Well, in this cyclone, the cold front barreling in from the west not only brought that rain, you know, like it typically does, but it brought those bitter temperatures as well. And because we were sitting at such a warmer temperature for this time of year, that cold front just caused everything to drop extremely dramatically by like over 20 degrees. Um, and unfortunately, we will see this over the next few days before rain hits the area yet again this weekend. Sportsbeat host and editor Caleb McCluskey makes a guest appearance on the outlet this week to talk about some exciting things happening in Bobcat sports. I am Caleb McCluskey, and the Bobcats are now Mac East champions. Um, sports director Aiden Crowley and associate sports director Marie Manessi is here with me today. So what is coming up for Ohio football this weekend? Uh, to put it simply, Caleb, this is a chance to make history. Mm -hmm. This is a chance to do something they haven't done since 1968, um, which is claim a MAC championship. They were in Detroit in 2016. That was the last time they were there. They fell to Western Michigan, and since then, they've put together a couple good seasons. They just have never been able to get over the hump. Uh, talking with Kai Caesar postgame, he says that was one of the most fulfilling things about the game. He said the game felt personal because they were at that point so many times the last couple of seasons, and they just fell short. And for this team to get it done, and now for an opportunity to play for a MAC championship, I mean, they're ready to go, and they're battle-tested, and this is a team, if I had to describe it in one word, Maria, it would probably be resilient. Yeah, I definitely agree. You can f just feel it, feel the energy from them, especially after the game. Just an exciting finish against Bowling Green on Tuesday. Just they're, like you said, happy to be where they are. And for Kai and many others that, you, like you mentioned, have been in this position before, it's just exciting. And they're going up against a good Toledo team that has a very good defense. So it'll be a big test for them. But I, one that I think they have plenty of pieces on all sides of the ball that I think um, will help them out big time on Saturday. Yeah, and then obviously they'll be without the services of star quarterback Curtis Rourke, mm -hmm. who went down with a season-ending injury. But C.J. Harris, I mean, it seemed like all the things were stacked against him. He's coming in, he's making his collegiate debut as a starter, as a sophomore, in a win-or-go-home game, essentially a Mac East yeah. semifinal game, if you will, and he balls out. Nobody expected him to, but he did his thing. He went 10 for 21, 196 yards. He went 10 for 21, 196 yards through the air and a touchdown. He also added three more on the ground for four total. It was just amazing to watch him play and to prove a lot of the doubters wrong, I think, were big. And I just I think that's what's defined this team is going into the season, they were picked middle of the pack. They have injuries all across the board, 
and they just keep finding ways to win. This is such a gritty team. This is a team that will find any chance to win a football game, and right now they're just doing it, Maria. Yeah, um, like you said, they just have had people step up all over this season because you just mentioned they've had so many injuries from the beginning of the season, whether it be on the defensive side, but especially with the running back room, just wherever it is, it's always a new aspect that's stepping up each week, and it's just been really cool to see it just the chemistry coming together no matter who who goes down they fight for each other and you can just see that so well in them especially um with CJ on Tuesday versus Bowling Green it just was for him to come in and put up a performance like that especially like people were saying it just you didn't know where the season would go um just with Curtis going down it was a scary moment but CJ came in and absolutely dominated and I'm excited to see what that they can do against Toledo. Yeah, it's a homecoming game for him, mm-hmm. essentially. He grew up kind of in the Detroit area, like less than 30 minutes away from Detroit. And he's going up against, like Maria said, one of the best defenses in the MAC, uh, the best passing defense in the MAC. Um, so watch out for C.A. Bangura to have his stamp kind of all over this game. He's been getting healthier as the season's progressed. He's inching closer to the 1,000 mark uh, yards on the season. And I just expect a balanced attack. I expect Ohio to utilize CJ's athleticism with his legs. That's something that we kind of saw a little bit different against Bowling Green was that speed option, the read option, those plays where you can get your quarterback moving and get him in space. Um, So I'm excited for it. And obviously, CJ's a capable passer. He's somebody who likes to take shots, and I don't think Tim Alvin's going to shy away from that. So that's what I expect on the offensive side of the ball for the Bobcats. But Maria, on the defensive side of the ball, they've been wreaking havoc recently, right? Yeah, like especially players like Tariq Drake, who had two interceptions, basically basically back-to-back last week. And um, just players like Key Thompson, Bryce Houston, Kai Caesar, they just have been there when their teams needed it most and that defense has just really shined in the second half of the season I know they've had a rocky start at the beginning but they really picked up once they started conference play and they've been flying um the turnovers they've had have been crucial this season have really turned the game around and been that benefit for the offense and just um it's been really cool to see the defense come together because that definitely was something that they struggled with and just were trying to find that chemistry at the beginning of the season, but what Coach Nowinski's been able to do with this defense has been very impressive, and they're going up against a Toledo offense that has been kind of struggling, um, especially with their quarterback situation as well, but I think that the Ohio defense just has definitely proved themselves in what they've been capable of doing as of late. Yeah, Caleb, I mean, there's just like, there's so many ways you can take this season, you can take this team, and it feels like it's all, obviously, it's all culminating to one day. Uh, So everything's coming to a head. It's just, how is this team going to respond? Do they got one more left in the tank? Um, I would like to think that they do. Um, And I know that these senior leaders, it's a uh, senior-heavy team, and they will have this team prepared. They'll have this team focused. And like Tim Albin, like all these guys have been saying pretty much every single week, it's about going 1-0. and This is probably the biggest one of the season to go 1-0, and but that's what's in front of them. So we're excited for it. Yeah, they've been, they've been fighting for this moment. You can get more sports dialogue on Sportsbeat every week on WUB SoundCloud and WUB 1340 AM Thursdays at 9 p.m.
Athens plans to make some citywide changes with electric vehicles becoming more popular. WUB reporter Juliana Colant talks to city officials about what these changes mean. The city of Athens is making a switch from gas to electric for its city vehicles. Under a new agreement with Enterprise, the city will get rid of fossil fuel vehicles and lease hybrid and electric cars instead. Currently, the Code Office, Arts, Parks, Recreation, and Engineering and Public Works offices have EVs, but that's not enough, says Mayor Patterson. But we've got like 30 other vehicles out there. The city expects more EVs to save the city money, says Deputy Service Safety Director Andrew Chickey. Well now, even though our electric would be higher, it's actually much less expensive to, to charge up that way, and the vehicle maintenance costs are much, much lower. There are less parts to break. Residents can expect not only more city electric vehicles, but also more electric vehicle charging stations to be installed throughout the city. So we are really interested in uh, piloting this with the Athens Fire Station build. They're now conducting a study for more logical places for EV charging stations. Potential sites include Armory Park and Richland Avenue. Well, you want them to plug in places where they're also going to, you know, experience your restaurants or your stores or bars. Which will feed back into the economy. The push for more electric vehicles is looking to be the driving force behind Athens' goal to reduce carbon emissions by 50% by the year 2030. Reporting for Newswatch, I'm Juliana Colant. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett. We're edited by Atish Badia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at wub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at newswatch underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.